Welcome to the Your Message Received podcast. And now, taking your message to the finish line, your host, John Duffin. Hey folks, this is John Duffin here from Duffin Media. Welcome back to another episode of Your Message Received. Your message received is the place to help you find your best, truest, most authentic business voice with the emphasis on authentic. It's all we're looking for here. Get what you want, find what you need, improve your results, increase your sales, meet the person of your dreams, make a billion dollars. Not certain about those last two, but we're working on those. Um, and you can keep liking, fawning, sharing, whatever, reviewing on iHeartMedia, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and a bunch of other places. And today, today, we go global. <laughs> Go global, right? With two people I'm crazy about. PJ and Chris Klein. Welcome to the show, folks. Thank you. Glad to be here. Hi, John. Thanks for having <laughs> us. Good to see you, man. And here are you too, of course. Yeah. It's just great. These folks, folks, do my heart good. Uh, they just do. You're gonna see. You talk about dreams coming true. So it's is as you are listening, if you got some dreams, keep them in mind. Because all of this is about getting you there a little bit faster. Well, here's a couple of experts. Here's what we know so far. I know, I'm grateful that I know Chris and PJ. PJ and I know each other from a former life in, in marketing, advertising, sales. But Chris and PJ are both communications specialists. They both got each of their own area of expertise. Chris, you got as a writer and an actor by trade. I also know, Chris, that you have had the reputation that in terms of specific messaging or things like even medical copy or, or technical stuff that you're off, you are still, but were often the go-to. I got that right, right? <laughs> well, that's always nice to think about yourself. You know, <laughs> yeah, I must be the go-to guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't uh, necessarily put myself there, but uh, maybe mm -hmm. some other people did. I, I, I know I, I had some good repeat business from producers mm -hmm. over the years, mm -hmm. and um, you know I, I had some good results, and so mm -hmm. I, I'm grateful for that. Yeah. Why do you think you were getting the good repeat business? Why do you think? What is, ah. it, what is it about you? Well, I, I always tried to be prepared. Uh, I would always hope that I would get a script ahead of time, and when I did, I actually read it and <laughs> and got to know it. And if there were technical terms, I would do my best to try and find out how to pronounce some of these words if I didn't already know and memorize parts that I thought would be better memorized and just be ready with questions. Yeah, his nickname, his nickname was One Tate Tommy. <laughs> he, could, he could do it in one take usually. PJ, was that just because you couldn't rhyme something with Chris? And I feel like for me, I couldn't. But One Tate Tommy will go with, I love well, it. Well, I'm a fan of alliteration, so. Nobody <laughs> ever called me Tommy, so. <laughs> That's okay. But the One Take part, I will go with, I am a fan of PJ. So PJ, before all this government, I knew from advertising and marketing and and being connected through my family and that's how i first get to know pj in terms of that precision but pj the very first thing i wanted to ask you about uh, was this sense before we get to and folks i promise you there's a lot of fun stuff we're going to be covering here i'm literally just keeping it down in my mind and in my heart so i don't like burst with uh freedom and travel stuff but the very first thing i wanted to go with is precision so I'm connected, like PJ is, and Chris, but I'm connected with PJ through Toastmasters, which I knew very little about, I remember before, knew of, but had very little to do with it. So one of the questions I wanted to ask you right at the start, PJ, was the sense of precision that is involved in terms of Toastmasters, which I didn't know the sense of precision with exact timing and, 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 and direct purpose and all those things like that. Was that always a strength of yours in regards to the way that you communicate? I would have to say it was a strength or a muscle that I developed <laughs> over the years in, in being in radio and especially mm -hmm. in radio sales. It's so yep. important to be organized 
-hmm. And to plan your day, as you know, when you're in sales or any sort of business, it's important Mm -hmm. to plan your day and make every moment count. And to be tight, buttoned up. And Mm -hmm. another thing I learned was by writing writing radio copy. Mm -hmm. So you have 30 seconds or 60 Mm -hmm. seconds to get your message across. And it's vital to be concise and impactful. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. all of those things and skills I learned from being in radio sales my whole my whole career. I love. So folks, we get connected. I te- I check out Toastmasters. I was brought on as one of the guests the one time, courtesy uh, of, of the Klein Corporation. <laughs> but what I would say is it was really a joy for me because here's something I also encountered. We, in terms of advertising sales, presenting to clients and what have had a lot of freedom that I didn't know, I, that I didn't appreciate, I'll say, before I left the field. The sense of articulation that the presentation was yours, that it could basically go in any direction you wanted for the good and the bad, right? And so what I found right away, and that's what folks, that's what I try to ask in terms of the ability, to, the ability, sorry, to get a point across quickly I found that to be almost like breathtaking. Uh, how has that helped you in terms of the way that you live your day-to-day lives? I'll just take this one real quick and then and mm-hmm. hand it over to Chris for his answer, of course. Uh, what I found, there's a David Ogilvy, as you know, a very famous sure. advertising person. He had a lot yep. of quotes. The one quote that I learned from him that has proven invaluable in mm-hmm. all facets of my life, whether it's business, social, being mm-hmm. at a party, is... Yep. You will never bore people into buying your product. <laughs> and that goes across so many things that it's true. You have to have the passion and the enthusiasm and the sense of fun in order to get people to buy in to what you have and what you have to offer. Yeah. And I think copywriting, uh, which we've both done, uh, yeah. is, is a perfect complement to that. Because in in good copywriting, you have to grab attention right away, and you don't want to bury the lead. You want to put the the most striking thing right up front that's going to grab their attention, and uh, and get to the point quickly. Speaking of getting to the point, I'm so damn excited for that. Here's I didn't even give the full bio, so I'm going to just okay. out of out of deference and refer and, and to my two <laughs> friends here, but. The key is we know you're communication specialist. We know that you've got your own area of shared experience. We know that you like in terms of your backgrounds. But now it's that we get to also say that you're certified public speaking coaches, that you offer personalized, customized training. But what I will also say is this. Um, they're gutsy. They're risk takers. They're visionaries. They get to see stuff. Um so my friends here, I lean into and lean on because they're traveling the world right now. Folks, where are you currently? We are in Portugal and we're on the what's called the Silver Coast of Portugal. Uh, if you think of California, we would probably be in Sacramento right now. So we're in Portugal. Okay. So folks, notice that they get to the point with the details we're going to reference obviously and you'll see it in the links when you when you're watching and listening to this podcast there are social pages so that you fully get this but did you catch the way right away that you're able to bring home oh sacramento san diego it's like oh i got it i got it um here's what i want to ask you so you're able to do this. It's, it's, it's like I'm thinking the best extended spring break in the world. Um, so you take this risk about a year ago. And obviously, you're planners. Yes, yes. it was about exactly a year ago. Yep. Yeah. So you're, and I, because you're planners, it's not like a one day you had a bad sales day or this was a drag and it's like, you know what? I ain't coming back. Um, <laughs> Talk to me about the planning process that got you to the point where you could sit here with the biggest smiles on your face right now. Um, Talk to me about the planning that got you all the way through to this point of taking this quantum leap. Yeah, uh, we actually kicked this idea around of 
perhaps going to another country, doing a lot of traveling and, and perhaps settling on another country. Mm -hmm. We've been kicking this around for several years. So it's kind of been germinating in our minds for, for a while. Last, I would say about 18 months ago, mm -hmm. uh, January of 21, right. was when we really sat down and did the split page and said, is there any particular reason that we should wait any longer? <laughs> uh, or should we start this ball rolling? And mm -hmm. really, there was, there was really no reason to wait. Mm -hmm. So we said, all right, then, then let's get this, this in motion. Mm -hmm. And we began this process of, and there was some planning involved. We had to decide, you know, what do we do first? What do we do next? What do we do next? Right. And when do we want to be out of here? Mm -hmm. And we, we set our sights on approximately six months from, from mm -hmm. January to be ready to go. And so we had to, and I'll tell you the, the very first thing that came to mind, because mm -hmm. when you're talking about selling your house and everything in it and getting rid of everything one way or another, mm -hmm. uh, you, you start to think about those things that you would grab if there were a fire and you were running out of the house. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and the first thing, of course, I thought of was, the photographs, the old photographs oh from the family God. and from our childhood <laughs> and all of that, because that's right. that's probably what a lot of people would grab. You know that photo album, grab. Mm -hmm. So that was the first thing that we did. We'd be sitting down, maybe while we were watching TV, you know, mm -hmm. or having a snack. We yep. would start to go through the photographs, mm -hmm. and we did the first sort, and then when mm -hmm. we took those that we decided to to look at again. And we did mm -hmm. another sort and another until we yeah. got it down to a, a manageable amount. And then of course we were able to go up to the printer and, and start digitizing. Yeah, another another part of the process, actually mm -hmm. the beginning of the process was asking ourselves, are we emotionally ready for this? Mm -hmm. Is this the lifestyle that we mm -hmm. want? Are we going to be able to upset our life and mm -hmm. just throw everything up in the air and see where it falls. Mm -hmm. And we had to make sure we're ready for that. And that was a mm -hmm. process. It was a roller coaster. I have to say an emotional roller coaster. Mm -hmm. One day it was like, yes, gung ho. And then the next day we're sitting there, what are we thinking? Are we really going to mm -hmm. do this? Yeah. And once we got, we got our mind into it and weighed mm -hmm. all the pros and cons, and then we started making a plan. And we're going mm -hmm. without commitment. Let's just see if we can do this. And we met with our financial planner first mm -hmm. and went over all of our assets with her. Here's where we are. Here's what our goals are. Here's the budget we think we can mm -hmm. live on. And can we do it? And when she worked the numbers and said, mm -hmm. if you do this and this, yes, you can do it. You can absolutely mm -hmm. do it. So once we had that, mm -hmm. the rest of it just pretty much took off from there because there were so many different ways of doing what we're doing. You could right. go all in and sell everything mm -hmm. and just have mm -hmm. one suitcase, or you could keep your house, you could put things in storage. There's just a lot of mm -hmm. different ways to do it. And we just made sure that we're emotionally ready first. I love this. So with the emotionally ready part, I think about this, like has or had the thoughts of other people um, impeded your decision-making process? I. I of course, the two of you, friends, colleagues, family, where are you going? Why are you going? Why are you leaving? That sort of thing like that. Has that impeded you at all, rather than your own readiness? Not at all. It, it really didn't come up very much. I, I think, if anything, there might have been a couple people that were a little bit worried about us, like, are you going to be okay? Have you thought this through? But uh, nobody really putting their foot down and saying, please mm -hmm. don't do this or anything like that. No. Yeah, I would say most people were very supportive mm -hmm. and, and they still are supportive mm -hmm. and they're, they're rooting for us all the way. And they were from the beginning. Uh, although some of the reactions we got were a little, little odd. Uh, one example, when I told somebody that they'd be silent and say, well, oh, well, I can't do that. I can't do that because I've got this, this, and this, and this, and this, and I can't do it. And I'm like, I said, yeah, I understand that. That's fine. Yeah. That's not, not for everybody. That's not your path. This is our path. But uh, this is what we're, we're choosing to do. And mm -hmm. I can totally, totally understand why someone may not be able to do it. I mean, you obviously were worried about the right things, like going to your financial planner and are we ready? And here's the numbers and here's the details. Here you go. And had an objective eye look at it. 
But it's, it's one of the things that I think about, one of the things that has helped me back in my own life is worrying what other people think. And I think it's a great trait of both of you that you were able to compartmentalize those other people's opinions, including PJ, you saying the person saying, I can't do this. And you're like, well, that's nice. We're not asking you to. Um, <laughs> well, it's believing, it's believing, do it? it's believing in yourself and having confidence that what you're doing uh, is right for you uh, and on the right track. Mm -hmm. And all of that comes from the background. Like I said, meeting with the financial planners, making sure you're emotionally ready, looking at it from every angle you can possibly imagine and talking to people and getting information. And once you have all of that and you know for sure that you have done your homework and you've looked at it every way and this is the way we're going to do it, it gives you that confidence to go your own way and not really worry what other people think or say. Right. I think that's a beautiful way to live a life. For me, I, I, I notice as I'm getting older, uh, it, it, it happens more and more frequently. Uh, the ability to be able to, to do what you know is right based on the information you have. And I love the fact you just said something uh, a little while ago, thinking like in terms of the way that you can do this. Do you go all in? Do you sell all your stuff, if I heard you correctly? Or do you put things in storage? How did you know you were going to go all in? Well, I guess it gets back to that thing. You know, is there any reason that we shouldn't do this? And we just decided, I guess it, it ties in with our goals. We mm -hmm. want to find another country uh, mm -hmm. with a lower cost of living and mm -hmm. way lower cost of health care, hopefully. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, we, we really wanted to try that out. And there didn't seem to be much point in going away for, because we knew we were going to go away for at least a year right. uh, on this search. And now it's already been a year. So it's going to be even longer than that to, to be paying for a home and cars and stuff in storage that <laughs> we're not using. It didn't make a whole lot of financial sense or any other kind of sense. So we thought, well, we might as well just get rid of everything mm -hmm. and, and start from scratch. And as PJ mm -hmm. sometimes says, what if uh, we were being more traditional and we just decided let's just retire and move to Florida. Well, mm -hmm. we wouldn't bring all our stuff to Florida either. We would go down there and we'd start fresh mm -hmm. and we'd buy new stuff. So come on, what about all your winter clothes? The parkas and all that stuff? <laughs> those, those, I have to tell you, I took great pleasure in getting rid of. <laughs> yeah, it, and, a, and another thing I'll say that maybe your, your listeners may want right. to know about us mm -hmm. is that Chris and I are not from Philadelphia originally. We're both from other places. I was born and raised in Louisiana. Chris is from Chicago. We met in Rochester, New York. We moved to Philadelphia together. So we didn't have family there. We didn't have strong roots as far as the family situation goes. No Our, grandchildren. No, no, we have no right, children. Right. We have no children. And so we didn't have that. And it was easier for us in that respect than it could be for a lot of people because we didn't have those um, those tethers, if you will. Yep, yep, the untethered travelers, and I and I love this. And so, I get so excited for this because I was doing research in 2017 and took a leap and went to Portugal um, to see if what I felt in my heart was right. And by the way, the answer is an unqualified yes. But well, I get it. But for, for the two of you, give me an example. So you've had the privilege so far of being in a ton of cool places over the last 12 months. Um, to stop my giddiness, I'm going to ask it in a question, but I will ask you this, which is so far. Is there like a top three of places that you have found or a top one or a top five or whatever um, in terms of, oh, my God, of I'm just peeling away all the stuff. It's this, this, Bob. Any yet in the search? Well, I guess there are so many different things that you could look at when you think about mm -hmm. favorite things. And, and favorites have always been tough for me. Uh, usually right. it's more than one favorite. But I, I guess if I looked at something like jaw-dropping scenery so far i would have to say santorini greece um, right uh the we we certainly just uh, enjoyed the the beach community of nazare portugal mm -hmm. that we just came from 
uh, just seemed like a nice livable place and, and it was a beautiful beach. And we spent the winter in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, which was beautiful weather. It was perfect. So weather's a big uh, thing for us too. And, and one thing we haven't, one thing we're coming to realize, and maybe a lot of people already know this, there's no perfect weather year round, I don't think. <laughs> so we're looking at maybe doing a hybrid of two or three different places we may narrow it down to three places and we spend four months in each place or maybe two places and we'll spend six months and six months in, uh, in each one. So I don't know for sure if there is going to be one, one that wins over, but for now, Portugal is certainly on top of the list. It's a fabulous country and we really love it. Yeah. And it seems like a very, a very livable and, and, uh, fairly adaptable place. Mm -hmm. there, there's a, a fair amount of English spoken here, not everywhere, but uh, a fair amount. And uh, I guess the people seem laid back enough and yeah. um, the, the surroundings are nice enough. Yeah, it, it seems like it one of the easier would be one of the easier places to uh, assimilate to, as opposed to uh, even maybe Mexico or some of the other places. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the geography is certainly diverse enough. Uh, again, mm -hmm. think California. It's like San Francisco all the way to San Diego is what Portugal is like. And the terrain and the climate is very similar to that, what you get in California. So it's it's got that diversity of the, mm -hmm. the oceans, the cliffs, the mm -hmm. flat, and the mountains. It's a very cool visual that you gave me uh, or, or a narrative that I could easily and I'm sure our listeners could easily follow in regards to if you've had the privilege of being in California for any length of time, which I have. So uh, that helps me. You just said something a moment ago, though, which actually helped me tremendously, which was the statement that the realization that there is no perfect singular weather place. Um, I would imagine that's got to be, in essence, maybe it's a slight disappointment, but maybe there's a sense of relief. And that's what I talk about. Well, that's what I'm thinking when it's where you just helped me. The sense of relief that you don't have to find that one singular place necessarily. So, my God, in America, they talk about snowbirds all the time. And I was thinking, you know, all of these crazy goals that I have, I just sound like a classic snowbird. So if you th two are talking about maybe four months apiece and three different fantastic places, I'm going to ask you about each of the ones that you talked about so far, um, because I, I'm a fan, actually, of all of them. But of the three so far, part of our already referenced in regards to, like, the, the beautiful, classic, perfect weather. What else did you like about Puerto Vallarta? It's a party scene. <laughs> it's definitely a party scene. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun. It's uh, a lot of people from all over the the country and Canada come there for the winter time. The people are very cool. Uh, the terrain is beautiful. The food is good. Uh, the weather again is perfect, and it's mm -hmm. very very affordable. Yeah, and when you, it's one of those uh, beaches that you can stand on, and there you also see these big hills wrapping mm -hmm. around. As, mm -hmm. as part of the uh, countryside. So uh, it's not all just flat. Uh, it's got a little more imagination to it. So I think that's fabulous. I'm very excited in the sense that it, it was a place I remember part of our, I mean, like, like one of the basic things that I found. I've one, found it was one of the coolest sunset places I ever went to. And yes. so far, so far. Um, do you remember those? Oh, yes. Oh, oh yeah. We beautiful. got some beautiful sunsets. Beautiful there. sunsets. Mm. You then mentioned the other place that all of a sudden I realized when I was there, hmm, maybe this would be the best sunset place of all time. And you said Santorini uh, in terms of Greece. Yes. <laughs> Which yeah. was tough to be. Uh, what are your yeah. thoughts on Santorini? That is strictly a vacation place. I, I can't, I don't even know if anybody really lives there. <laughs> they might. It is it's, not very many. I don't it's, think <laughs> it, it's very small. Know that it's very small and it's long and, and crescent shaped and it's very hilly uh, and it's just very expensive. It's really crowded, really touristy, really expensive. Although there's no other place like it on the planet. And it's one of those things you have to see. And if you can go there for three or four days mm -hmm. and just, w especially at night when the cruise ships leave and mm -hmm. the 
the lights come on and people dress for dinner and you go out and it's just, it's quite magical. And that was really a vacation stop for us too. I mean, mm -hmm. we knew at the get go that was not going to be a candidate to live mm -hmm. a place to live in. So yeah, you can't go to the Greek islands <laughs> and not go to Santorini. So yeah. that's that's where no. we were. Take a peek. No, you can't. And I was grateful to say that. Oh my gosh, that was probably over ten years ago. Uh, the sequence that it was suggested to me to go was Athens, Mykonos, and Santorini of the of the time that I had allotted. And you just said I literally put my hand on my chest, on my heart when you were like three or four. If you get three or four days, that's exactly what it was for me in Santorini. Was <laughs> it was four nights, and so maybe I got lucky and we hit the perfect length of time. Yeah, <laughs> because I, I was so. blown. You know, um, what got you to take a look at Portugal? First. We, when we first went to Portugal about uh, maybe three years ago, yep. we came away. We, we were in Lisbon, mm -hmm. uh, the, the main, the big city, and yep. in and, and the southern shore, uh, an area called the Algarve, where yep. all the, the famous beaches are with those beautiful mm -hmm. rock formations and all of yep. that. So those are the two areas we visited. And we came away then feeling like, Hey, this is this is a pretty livable place. We could live here. Yeah, we had been to eleven countries in in Europe over the years. Mm -hmm. Would come yep. and, and and see all the cities and and go to these countries. And I have to say that once I set foot in Lisbon, it hit me, and I said I could live here. And that's the only European city I've said that about. <laughs> and it's still to this day, when I'm in Lisbon, I go. Okay, I could live here. I think she lived there in a past life. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I just... I don't rule that out. Um, <laughs> yeah, I felt right at home immediately. And I still do. We Now we're back three years later. And as soon as we got here, I go, okay, this is it. It feels very, very comfortable mm -hmm. to us. What is it, do you think, that in addition to living there in a past life, <laughs> what is it that you think draws? What is it about it? I am nuts about Portugal uh, for all of those things. What is it for you? What pulls you in? Gosh, the, yeah. again, maybe it's the the vibe. I, I have mm -hmm. to say it's the vibe. And sometimes <clears throat> the vibe, you can't quite put your finger on it. You don't, mm -hmm. it's hard to put it into words. It's more of a feeling. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's the feeling that I can, I like it. I feel at home here. I feel accepted. I feel mm. like I definitely see myself here. Uh, and I would have to say it, it's an international country. The mm -hmm. culture is very laid back, very nice, nice people. Mm -hmm. And it's not so culturally jarring as some other countries that you may go to where the culture right. is so different. You're mm -hmm. saying, I don't see myself here because it's just mm -hmm. so and I would always feel like a little bit of an outsider. I don't get that vibe in Portugal. I get the opposite vibe here. I think that's a good point, too, about it being an international place, because I think yes. for centuries, uh, this place has been very international. Mm -hmm. um, even uh, past royalty 500 years ago mm -hmm. used to get exiled here if they got sent out of their own country. Mm -hmm. Um, so I thought, hey, not a bad place to get exiled to. That's pretty good. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna sit in that castle on that beach, and you're gonna stay there and think about what. Oh you're my doing. God! You're gonna ride that boat around those those cliffs <laughs> and cry your eyes out because it's so yep. beautiful. And you'll and of learn. Course, and of um, course, for northern <laughs> for northern Europeans, it's a big uh, right. vacation destination too. Yeah. So I, I think that that all gives it a mm -hmm. a good international feel, and I think the locals are used to. Uh, well, it's pretty odd. People from all the other European countries and America and Canada and everywhere and Britain coming there and they get to use that that second European language, English. Yeah, I think mm. it's funny. I think it's funny that we feel right at home in a nation of outcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you said just said that because it was on my mind. It's the adjustment period. I find for me, like so look, I I my life up until a few years ago maybe five, but it was really the classic, well, I live here, it's the United States. Uh, I live in the United States. And so when I vacation, it, it is really looked at as a sort of temporary, um, whether it was escape or whatever the word may be, until I get home. And I yes. think one of the cool things that you're saying is the sense that you're able to bring 
home along with you. And I, I find that fascinating when you talked about, as you said, PJ, if I heard you, I remember correctly, you just said, hey, it's, it's more of a vibe. It's more of a way you feel. And Chris, you articulated on that. Um, what is it that you are able to articulate to the people that are making you feel so at home? Meaning you've got vantage points, you've got things people need to know. This is like I said, we're looking into international. What do people want to know from you in regards to when you're meeting them? What are some of the questions that you get asked in regards to whether it's personal or geographically? What do people want to know? You mean the uh, uh, Portuguese or other? People? Yeah, and whether it's Portugal, whether it was in Greece, whether or whatever. Let's like, what do people typically want to know? when they're getting to know you in addition to personal stuff? Hmm. Well, the first question, of course, is where are you from? That's always mm -hmm. the conversation starter. Right. And then you we, tell them. <laughs> right, we still say Philadelphia. And mm -hmm. yep. if we get comfortable and mm -hmm. get into a conversation, we may take it further and tell them what we're really doing. We don't mm -hmm. always offer that right up front. Got we it. wait until the conversation progresses and then we, if we feel comfortable, we'll, we'll tell them. And again, most people just love it. They, they want to know more about it. They said, tell me how you did it. How's it going? What's your end game? Where are you, when are you going to stop? And we don't have an answer to that yet. And I don't want to give the impression that we're Portugal is the end all be all because we don't know. We we're mm -hmm. here now. We still, we're still going to Croatia. We may go. I guess they used to about the southern half of the world to hit in a lot of places, right? We'll be I in mean, Southeast Asia. It, yep. So we still have uh, um, Australia, mm -hmm. New Zealand to explore. So we're not married yet, if you will, to one mm -hmm. one particular place. Mm -hmm. we, like you said, do we have our top choices so far? Mm -hmm. Yes, we do. Mm -hmm. uh, but to answer your question, most people, they just want to know how we did it and how we're enjoying mm -hmm. it. And mm -hmm. of course, people always. I, I, to be honest, the, the question that they really want to ask, mm -hmm. how are you affording this? Oh, and so great. Yeah. And that's, and you talked earlier about having the planning and all that sort of thing. Is there any other, from a very selfish point of view, um, to others, how are you affording it? How do you make it work for you on a day-to-day -day level? That's what I, I am very curious about. Do you set budgets? Do you set budgets that are different in country to country. Um, you talked about an end game. I'll get to that in one moment. And But I wanted to say before, the sense in your week-to-week -week planning, so to speak, are there budgets that you set? And do you have them? Well, first of all, PJ has been planning our vacations for years. And so oh, she's wow, okay. really good at finding good values Mm -hmm. uh, whether we're staying at uh, a hotel or whether we're renting an apartment on a right. Airbnb. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the ways that we do it is slow traveling is very different from vacation traveling. Slow mm -hmm. traveling, you can spend enough time somewhere where you can rent an apartment and you can get a discount and you can pay far less than you would pay at a hotel. And, and cook your meals in. And cook your meals mm -hmm. in. And, you know, mm -hmm. when you're in a place like Ecuador or Mexico, you can go down right, the street right. and buy buy all the vegetables you can eat mm -hmm. for dirt cheap, and mm -hmm. so th th that's one of the ways is to is to be able to live like you're at home as much as possible. Mm -hmm. uh, and then in places where you're traveling a little faster, there's a little bit of counterbalance there because you, you do have to eat out more and, and you right. do. Can't do as much. And yet. you go to less expensive mm -hmm. countries to offset the more mm -hmm. expensive countries. Correct. Mm -hmm. We're we're in a big community of travelers. There's a lot of people that are doing this, and mm -hmm. they're an excellent resource, a big support group out there for for all of us. And we learn from mm -hmm. each other. From what I'm understanding, the way most people set it up is they're mm -hmm. planning a budget of around forty to sixty thousand dollars a year. Is, okay. is what their budget is mm -hmm. and they try to stick to it and there's ways you can do it by house sitting which mm -hmm. is free you agree to sit someone's house and watch their pets in exchange for the free lodging mm -hmm. you can use your points with credit cards and airline mm -hmm. miles and special mm -hmm. rewards we use those a lot and of course like chris was saying the slow travel where on mm -hmm. airbnb you can get a weekly discount and if you stay for 30 days you can get a nice apartment for 40% less. 
off the regular price just by staying those 30 days. And that's a more fun way to do it. Should we tell them what we got in Ecuador? Sure. Yeah, would you? Come on. Come on. <laughs> Give you a great, great example of this. And, and Ecuador is uh, one of the most affordable places that we, we went, if not the most. We got this fabulous Airbnb. It was a three-bedroom, two-bathroom, two-story apartment. <laughs> With a terrace. Uh, with, with, a, with an outdoor yeah. terrace, wow. sliding doors, <laughs> and, you know, an ample-sized kitchen and, and dining uh, room and everything. And uh, it was right there in town. And Beautiful it was so view. very, you know, easy to walk to places, to stores. Had a nice river walk behind us. It was just this fabulous setting. You know, we paid per night $43. Oh. $43 a night for that. So we were there <laughs> six weeks, and I believe it cost us like less than $1,100 uh, in rent to stay in the three, but nicer than what our house was <laughs> that we had in Philadelphia, <laughs> you know, beautiful, modern three bedroom place uh, on the river, which was gorgeous. So you can find bargains like that. Mm. And sometimes you have to compromise too. go, okay, we had this three bedroom place right now. We're in a small hotel room. Mm -hmm. And we're making it work for us. We're happy. We're in a small hotel room. We're only here for three days and we're like, okay, let's, uh, squeeze our stuff in here and then move on to the next place. Oh my God. So it's that keep an open mind. I love that. And now would you first, now would you go back to Ecuador? Mm, possibly. Uh, although we, we kind of narrowed down the, the viable options for as far as a place that we probably want to live just based on our mm -hmm. research right. and uh, talking to other people. Um, and, we we felt that Cuenca, which was the city we ended up staying in, mm -hmm. uh, was the most viable choice That's in nice. terms of a town and a you know an, uh, an environment and all of that. Uh, and the, we would consider that, except for the fact that Cuenca is eighty five hundred feet up in the mountains, and we found that to uh, be a little bit uh, difficult for us. It was mm -hmm. it was hard to breathe. And my, it sent my blood pressure up and, you know, it, uh, and we were there for five or six weeks and we were still having problems with it. So I think that might be a weakness on our part that might uh, keep us from settling any place. It's like a that. beautiful, it's a beautiful city and it's modern, mm -hmm. really good healthcare, a lot of English speaking uh, expats mm -hmm. and, and a lot of the Ecuadorians speak English. The restaurant scene is very good. One of our best meals mm -hmm. was actually in Cuenca. If, if people like the mountain air and mm -hmm. a cool climate and don't mind the elevation, I say go for yeah. it. It's a really mm -hmm. nice place to be. For our preference, we like more warm, tropical weather. That's us. You're like me. Uh, I love this. You're yeah. like me. And, and, and I'm glad that there are people that like cool mountain air. Otherwise, mm -hmm. we'd all be in the same place. So, so yeah. I would say definitely give Cuenca a shot if you like the mountains and, and, and like Denver, also, Colorado. Yeah, it's also true that uh, Ecuador has beach communities, too. So you can get warmer weather down there. Um, so that's that's something to consider. It's, it's a good country. It is. Ecuador is a good country and very, very affordable. It, I would say the cost of living is almost 50 percent of what it is in the United States. And so with that sense of 40, 50 percent of what in the United States, you've already talked and alluded to the fact of that sense of, you know, traveling with very little, the sense of one bag per person, um, so to speak. Have you accumulated things in this last year again, or are you still able to maintain that sense of one bag per person with well, no we, trouble? We, we couldn't accumulate anything. You know, we, we walk by the shops and we might see something. Oh, that would be nice if we had a right. home. But, uh, since we don't uh, and there's no room for it in the suitcase, then, okay, that's that. Uh, even even clothes. Now, we have replaced yeah. the clothes, right? But mm -hmm. that means you get rid of the old ones because, yeah. okay, my, my sneakers are getting a little worn out. So I'm going to go mm -hmm. buy new sneakers and throw mm -hmm. away the old ones. So as long as you replace, then that works. But we just we're, we cannot be in buying mode right we now. Are not we're not accumulating anything, honestly. <laughs> and if anything, I'm still trying to shed more. I, I think my suitcase is still too heavy. And, and I realize that every trip we take and every time I'm lugging it around I'm saying okay I think I can eliminate half these clothes and I'm and I probably will I, I think I'm by the time we get to Southeast Asia I'm mm -hmm. going to be very minimal 
and you don't obviously, and I just from the big smiles on your faces, I don't even need to ask the question. But I was like, you obviously don't miss your stuff much. Um, no. no, not really. No, I, <laughs> I miss I miss dressing I, up. I think most women can appreciate this. Okay. I miss got it. I miss wearing a nice dress and high heels and getting my mm -hmm. hair done and my makeup done and going out to an event. I do miss that. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I have to dress very sporty and very practical and mm -hmm. I dress up with a piece of jewelry. I have a little black dress. I'll put a scarf mm -hmm. on it, dress it up. Mm -hmm. That's the extent of my dress up. Although one day we'll, we'll settle down and will. I will be able to buy a nice dress and high heels and go out like that. <laughs> and use it. But it doesn't sound in any way in this, this year as if anything, I, I, I haven't heard, and more importantly, haven't felt any sort of deprivation here or do without it, it certainly oh. seems like the accumulation is coming from a lot of different ways but it's not in the getting more stuff to stick on a shelf well, um, if, if, if i can tell you my per favorite quote and i'm not sure who said it I would say, if anybody there knows who said this let me know right but right here it, goes, here it goes travel is the only investment guaranteed to make you richer. Mm. Mm. And that. we we feel richer every day. Absolutely. Because and of our travels. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah, that's 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 an important thing too. And I and I think we've been in that mindset for quite a while now. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, we mm -hmm. never went overboard on Christmas or birthdays. Mm -hmm. We we were more about experiences than stuff. You know, we we would we would celebrate a birthday by going out to dinner rather than buying right. a big present of some kind. Yep. So, you know, we reached a point where mm -hmm. we we started purging and getting rid of stuff mm -hmm. and, and really appreciating travel and, and other mm -hmm. kinds of experiences. That's where we've been spending our money in recent years. And so this is just kind of an extension of that. Mm. I love that. I just love that. Has the way that you've communicated, the way that you articulate has that changed with this breadth of knowledge that you now have that, that maybe you're not carrying bags, but you've got like a year more of the slow travel global experience. Um, do you see things differently? Do you feel things differently? One of the things that I've always noticed in, in traveling is not only the differences that you find in other countries, but the mm -hmm. sameness, the sameness. Okay. Yeah, because the, there, there are some things that feel the same. Like if, if I walked outside in some parts of a, a foreign city and I looked around and I didn't know there was a different language being spoken, mm -hmm. I might think that I was in an American city somewhere. Mm -hmm. I, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily have to, you know, you, you, you feel more than just differences. Uh, there's also yeah. similarities and you see people walking around, working, doing their thing, just like we do. And mm -hmm. people aren't so different. We're, we're, <laughs> really. we're the, all the same in that respect where we're, we work for a living and you just want to make a nice life for yourself. And everyone wants to do, have a nice family and do what's right mm -hmm. and have a nice life. And that's universal. We haven't mm -hmm. seen change anywhere that we go. And most people want peace <laughs> mm -hmm. and, yeah, and they, they want to live their life and, and just um, do good in the world. That's what we see. Right. Want peace, live their life and do good in the world. I couldn't imagine anything that could feel better in terms of, of, of what you can gain. If you were coaching someone, let's say make pretend, I don't know, me, uh, <laughs> to take the leap, so to speak, you've given about 10 great directive steps, um, including letting people review the numbers, including doing your homework and all that sort of thing. But if somebody like for you, if somebody comes to you and says, hey, that sounds great. How do I begin? What would be the first couple of things that you would tell them to do to maybe make the journey or the or the leap a little bit softer, smoother? Oh, do your homework. More doable? Yeah. Do your homework for sure. Research. Mm -hmm. And if you've never traveled, start traveling now to make sure that you mm -hmm. like it because right. it's not easy. And at, after COVID, it's gotten a lot more challenging. Mm -hmm. So you have to you have to make sure that you like the lifestyle 
Are you going to be able to do without your favorite pillow? Are you going to be able to embrace the unknown? Are you going to be able to be flexible and know that things are going to be different? And if that excites you, then that's where you start with that. That feeling, excitement of exploration and adventure. If you've got that, you're good to go. There's nothing to stop you. I think that plugs into your uh, emotional readiness you were talking about earlier. Yeah. So it's the emotional readiness and then obviously the fiscal readiness and and the sense of um, what so far have you found a length of time in the slow travel that is a sweet spot? Yes. Yes. What is it? For me, four to six weeks. I would say by week five, I'm ready to go. (laughs) I'm ready to go. And I'm like, okay, I'm rested. We've got a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of our work done. There's a lot mm-hmm. of research and work. I'll, I'll say this mm-hmm. too: full time travel is a full time job. It is know that right mm-hmm. away. It's a full time mm-hmm. job, and once we are able to sit and catch our breath and get our, the next leg of our trip planned, then we can start living in the place where we are. And I find after that four to six weeks, mm-hmm. I'm done. I've seen it. We've seen it. We've experienced it, and I'm excited mm-hmm. to move. Yeah. To the next one, we've been fast traveling through Italy and in Europe. It's it's hard. We're only allowed ninety days collectively in all the European yep. countries. So mm-hmm. we're getting through it as fast as we can, and it's uh, it's very challenging. It's not mm-hmm. my preferred way to travel at this point. Uh, however, to answer your question, the sweet point for us right now is four to six weeks. And as we keep doing this, it may get longer. It may be like now it's three months. Now it's four months. We'll see. Mm-hmm. To be able to, to settle in long enough to feel at home someplace and <laughs> know your way around. You can just kind of walk to the, this store or that place, mm-hmm. know where you're going. and Know uh, the cashiers. And yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Go down to your, your favorite food market and mm-hmm. grab your uh, your uh, your food for the night and your, take your walk in your favorite place. And it's just, yeah, you, you develop, it, it starts to feel like home. And that's really mm-hmm. kind of our mission, I guess, is to see mm-hmm. what, you know, where can we feel like home and how mm-hmm. easy is it to do that? And one more thing I'll, I'll add to that is that what I've found is after we leave a place, mm-hmm. I like it even more. As I mm-hmm. look back after we're gone, I start mm-hmm. to appreciate everything that we experienced there. And I might get a little bittersweet feeling for it. Like, oh, I missed that place or we had such mm-hmm. a great time there. Mm-hmm. I used to like it better after we leave. I think that sounds so beautiful in that sense. I, you just said something before, Rob. I, I want to just acknowledge something that I thought was really cool. That you're such good planners, PJ. You're the one that actually said it. Where it was, you said, "Well, first when we arrive, I do my research for the next destination, and then I am able to feel fully. I don't know. I'm using the word unpacked, so to speak." Did I hear that correctly? That you're already, your mind is already rolling to the next destination before you fully assimilate into the current? It's absolutely. that sort of planning? Wow. Yeah, okay. yeah, absolutely. And it's it's one of those, it's a tightrope, if you will. It's a balancing yeah. act because you want to plan ahead so you're not stuck somewhere all of a sudden going, oh, I have no place to go. Yet you want to remain flexible because we can meet somebody and they can say, hey, you know, we're going on a, on a three day safari. You want to come? Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you've got flexibility, you've got the time you say, sure, you know what, let's do that. So it's, it's that really fine balancing act. And when we're able to stay longer in a place, mm-hmm. we can have more flexibility. It's not as easy traveling in Europe when you have uh, the summer, the crowds, mm-hmm. limited airfares and, all of that going on in limited time that we have to get through uh, to the 90 days. But uh, it, like I said, it's a balancing act and we get into the rhythm. I, I think we've, we've got pretty much got the rhythm now. It just feels like you talk about it being a feeling. I feel it coming from the two of you. I also love the precision as it regards to the way that you communicate the travel. Um, you're doing a, a fabulous job in social on social media in the way that you um, guide and and illustrate and paint pictures in terms of each of the destinations, the top points and the top this and the what to watch for. Uh, 
Do you see that continuing in terms of the way that you communicate? Meaning, like travel, travel channel, travel channel uh, gurus, experts, uh, expat travelers. Um, is that a part of your future? Well, you know the expression, mm. "pay it forward." Mm -hmm. That's what I try to do in my social media wrap ups is just pay it forward because like I said, we have a, a big community of friends and travelers that are doing this and everyone is so open and giving and helpful. Mm -hmm. Whenever I have a question, I just ask and I get tons of information. Mm -hmm. And if I can pass that on to someone else and make their journey a little easier, what's our expression that we learned from Craig Valentine? Oh yes. Mm -hmm. One of our, uh, our great, uh, Speaking mentors said, uh, "Let my let my long road lead to your shortcut." Oh my God, I was going to cry when you said that. Let yeah. my road lead to your shortcut. I yeah. know how to reach the two of you on social media, and I beg for information all the time. So, for our listeners, in addition to social media, is there a a, a preferred way to reach out to you? How do they find you, and 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 when they want to know things? What's the best way of communicating in terms of how to reach the two of you? Right now would be on Facebook and they can right. reach me PJ Klein, mm -hmm. which is PJ C L I N E. Mm -hmm. Send me a friend request and I'll, and I'll friend you and you'll just see my recaps on there. I believe mm -hmm. we're coming on, up on chapter 27, mm -hmm. uh, yep. that we, 27 spots in a year. Mm -hmm. And that's eight countries, 27 stops. Two survivors. <laughs> <laughs> Better and survive. Oh my God. Better and survive. Flourishers would be the word I would say as well, too. But not sugarcoating or painting fairy tale things. I love that's the coolest thing. It, it's thank yeah. God you're such good communicators because the fact is you also articulate with authenticity and there's no, as I said, Pollyanna to the way that you speak. Uh, I think it helps people tremendously. Folks, you're going to find the social, the Facebook links. I ain't going to deprive you. Um, you will see those as you are watching and listening to this podcast. But Chris, PJ, I am honored that I got the two of you uh, for this amount of time. Best of all, I know I get the two of you for more. So I can acknowledge and at least know it is absolutely in my head. It's Portugal is the next place in terms of where I am looking uh, and it will be, yeah, it'll be third quarter this year. I know the airfare will be insane, but I'm still thinking I got to get there. I got to, And I thank the two of you from the bottom of my heart for showing up for me. Well, thank Absolutely. you so much for having us yes. and everybody who's listening. Thank you so much. And if there's ever anything we can answer, by all means, reach out to us on Facebook and Absolutely. we'll go from there. Thank you. Okay. Hey, folks, you just heard another episode of Your Message Received. Keep liking, keep reviewing, keep sharing, finding us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Come on, John. Podcasts. <laughs> I'm that damn excited. So keep watching, <laughs> keep listening, keep sharing. And folks, have a fantastic day. Just mostly be true to you. Be well all. Bye. And now, making its way across the finish line. Your message received has been a production of Duffin Media.